This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast. Has the NFL lost its weight? Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians are no more, and super conferences in college football. That and more, that's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover. Joining me, as he does most of the time, is my dad, Dale Stover. And uh, dad is is reporting from us today up in southern Ohio. Plenty of news in the Ohio world we'll get to here later, uh, here in just a few minutes. But dad, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Like I said, a lot of sports news going on. There really is a lot of things happening. Uh, you know, the, uh, a lot of things in Ohio happening actually right now as well in the sports world. So that's fun. Uh, also, but we will get to some of that here. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. Uh, we're usually on Thursday nights at eight. We are currently Friday night at seven 15. So we switched it up this week with due to scheduling conflicts and things. We'll be back again next Tuesday at eight o'clock. You can join us. As we do our ACC preview uh, on Tuesday night at eight o'clock, and of course available always in the podcast versions as well. Tonight's episode is presented by Yeti Coolers and by Skull Candy, and we have links available for you in the podcast notes. They're also available in the YouTube description uh, and wherever you're watching this. If you're watching live tonight, uh, should be able to find a link for Yeti Coolers and. For Skull Candy, so make sure you go click on those links and get yourself a new cooler, a new uh, tumbler, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Yeti Coolers has luggage now, uh, so there's that as well. And Skull Candy providing great audio through their earbuds, headphones, and other devices as well. So make sure you get an opportunity uh, there also. I want to start off tonight's episode talking about the NFL and have they overstepped, have they lost their way? The NFL came out with uh, uh, the conversation about possible COVID forfeitures this season uh, only if unvaccinated players uh, are are the cause of the problem, not if vaccinated player, players are involved. And uh, there's more to it than that. But basically, it came down to a trying to guilt or shame or uh, put the pressure on the players who are unvaccinated to get the vaccine. And some players came out and responded to that. DeAndre Hopkins, um, probably one of the, mel- the most well-known players that came out. And he, of course, deleted his tweet uh, talking about possibly ha- questioning his future in the NFL. And then later on, though, he did tweet with a question mark freedom uh, and some questions regarding those things. Ezekiel Elliott has spoken out uh, about uh, not getting the vaccine. Matt Judon uh, as well. Jalen Richard from Oakland excuse me, from Vegas, um, also has has shared some thoughts 
on it. Then it was announced today that the Vikings assistant coach Rick Dennison has uh, left the team and it's over the COVID vaccine. He did not want to get the vaccine and the NFL requires all coaches, scouting staff, front office staff uh, to to be vaccinated. Players are not required to be vaccinated. They're just being pressured to get vaccinated. And then I thought Jalen Ramsey came out and he had the most common sense response of anyone that I've seen thus far, where he basically just said, listen, if they choose not to get the vaccine, that's their choice. And, uh, and, and I will support my teammates in whatever they choose. And listen, this is hard for me to talk about mainly because when we started the podcast, we said, this is going to be a sports podcast. We're not going to talk about anything but sports. And now though, this has crept into sports and it's kind of hard to ignore. And I would like to read from you directly off the NFL's website and their commitment to diversity. This is the NFL's words, not mine. The NFL is committed to building a diverse, equitable, and inclusive work environment that reflect, uh, reflects our incredibly diverse fan bases. The NFL believes diversity and inclusion among our employees is critical to our success, and we seek to recruit develop and retain the most talented people from a diverse candidate pool. Now tell me how diverse is the NFL trying to be this year? How inclusive is the NFL trying to be this year? What I've come to the conclusion of is that when it comes to inclusion, it's only one-sided. You're only supposed to include certain people but other people are supposed to be excluded from the opportunity to participate in the sport they've trained their whole life for. It's okay if you do some things, but if you do other things, no, you're not allowed to be involved. Is it something illegal? No. Is it something immoral? No. Is it a choice that you are making for your own personal health and well-being? Yes, but no, you're not allowed to do that. You have to play by our standard. You're not allowed to be an individual, in this case, only in other situations. The NFL has claimed to be an inclusive league. They have uh, promoted ways that they are being inclusive. And I understand that, and that is fine. But now we're coming to a point where the NFL is trying to play politics. They're trying to do what they think society wants them to do. And so in doing so, they are doing the same thing society has done that has excluded people. Uh, society says, no, we need to be inclusive, but only if you believe like I believe. Only if you think like I think, then you should be included. But if you don't think like I think, you should be excluded, cut off completely, should lose all your rights, all your freedoms, all your opportunities should be just thrown out the window because you don't think like I think. The NFL has decided that this year they are going to be exclusive when it comes to the vaccine. If you choose for whatever reason, whether it be what you consider to be religious reasons, what you consider to be political reasons, what you consider to be health reasons, if you choose not to take the vaccine, you will be excluded in some way, shape, or form if the NFL has anything to do with it. At the end of the day, a league that prides itself on inclusivity and diversity has decided they don't want to be diverse at all. They don't want to be inclusive at all. They just want you to be what they want you to be. It's a problem that has plagued our country, a problem that has plagued society, a problem that has plagued our world now for some time. As much as we try to progress in the area of diversity and inclusivity, at the end of the day, we only want people who think and do as we think and as we do. And in this case, the NFL has lost its way. 
they have decided that they are going to play this game, so to say, where if you don't think like we do, then you can't play our game. I believe that a private business has an opportunity and the freedom and the right to make the rules they so choose. And the NFL can make these rules if they want to. But if they have not learned anything over the last five, six, seven years, is that their fan base is diverse. And if they want to maintain the fan base, they should just simply stick to sports. Sports is something that can unite a country. Sports is something that can unite people. People from varying backgrounds, from different beliefs, from different uh, viewpoints. And it has done for so for so many years. But now sports and the NFL have tried to mold everybody into one little container. And if you don't fit in that container, you're no longer welcome. This too will pass eventually. At some point, the season will start and we'll play football. But until the day that the NFL decides that they just want to be a football league that plays football, that entertains people through football, I fear that they are starting to dig a dangerous ditch that they may not be able to get out of. Will the ratings be great this season? You bet they will. Will the ratings continue to, will the money still can come in from the advertisers and things like that? Of course it will. Will the NFL die next year because of this uh, vaccine stance that they have? No, it will not. But I'm telling you, you would be dumb, ignorant, foolish to think that the NFL has not suffered over their so-called political stance over the last several years. And they'll continue to do so if they continue to decide to be political in their sport. I just want football. (laughs) When I turn on the TV on Sundays, I just want football. Why does everything else have to bleed into it? Uh, we're, We're just going down a path that is just really painful to watch. As a sports fan, I understand there is people different than me in the sport, and I can accept that, and I've got no problem with that. But the NFL has decided, no, you have to be a certain way, or we're going to make it incredibly hard for you to participate in our league and make money as you've been doing now for several years. I appreciate the players like DeAndre Hopkins who spoke out, Jalen Ramsey who spoke up for his teammates, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Matthew Judon, and Jalen Richard, among others, who have voiced their opinions. And I think right and common sense ways. Cole Beasley may have gone a little overboard at his initial reaction to it, but he wasn't wrong at the same time. And here we sit now with a coach that is being – he, he parted ways. He didn't get fired. He, he, he left the team. But the reality is, is he was not welcome in the building because of his decision, his personal decision about what he was going to do for his health. And they said, this isn't going to work out. And so Rick Dennison, who's been in the NFL for a long time, who's been with uh, Gary Kubiak for many years, he now is without a job because he, for whatever reason, did not want to get the vaccine. And to me, that's just absolutely crazy. I think the NFL has overstepped in this this decision. I think they've overstepped in how they've handled it, and I think it's going to affect a little bit of how I view the league this year. Will I still watch football? Yes, I will, uh, at least for now. Uh, that's a hard sport to pull me away from, but uh, more and more every day I start to think, boy, this is just going to the place I, as a fan, do not like to watch. The NFL has chosen this path for this year. We'll see how it goes how it moves forward, and the effects that it will cause moving forward with the players, with the NFLPA and everything else involved. Uh, But Rick Dennison, I hope you get a job. Uh, I hope you're able to work in the league again this year. 
And uh, I hope that we all take the same response that Jalen Ramsey did. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If your friends do not, support your friends in their decision and how they do so. We can be safe uh, without being stupid. And so hopefully we'll do that in the coming months. Dad, any thoughts on the NFL COVID situation? No, I think you've covered it real well. I think you're right. The, the uh, NFL, I was surprised when I read this this week. I thought they did overstep. Um, and um, I don't think they've handled it wisely. I think it'll come back uh, to hurt them a little bit. I think if they want to require it, then require it. And the idea of putting pressure on people and what they're trying to do here is peer pressure. Yep. In other words, hey, you're going to hurt your teammates or your teammates are going to say, hey, you need to do this or we're going to have to forfeit games or whatever it might be. And there's way too many details involved in this. You know, well, was it people that, you know, were vaccinated or weren't vaccinated or or how and how many people were affected? You know, when I read that, they said, well, if you can't, if a position group or a team is decimated, how does that work in the NFL? You've got practice squads. You've got lots of people that want to be there. You well, people that goes back to the, you remember Denver last year, the week they didn't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's where it, it comes in and you don't have the time to get the right guys in. And, you know, you know, I mean, if you're a third string quarterback, it makes sense to be vaccinated because maybe you're going to get a chance that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, but you're right. It's peer pressure. And, and they have the opportunity to make the rule. So either do it or don't. And if you're not going to make the rule, then you're going to have to, to figure out a way to make it work. You say we want to look like the diversity of our audience. And that's not at all what they're looking like at the moment. Right. No, I, I think that's true. And I think, um, be interesting to see the reaction because the players could control a little bit of this. Um, in some ways, and um, I, I'm, I don't think the NFL went about this the right way. Like you said, at this point um, in our country, it's not demanded that you do it, and it's not proven that it's safe for everybody, and it's not proven that it solves the problem for everybody. And um, un- until that happens, there's large groups of people gathering for sports events and different things, and there's not a lot of problems um, coming up at this point. And um, I was really surprised to see this move. Yep, yep, definitely. And, and another thing that kind of gets under my skin is people go, oh, well, you didn't get the vaccine. You're an anti-vaxxer. That's not necessarily the case. Just because someone doesn't get this vaccine doesn't make them an anti-vaxxer. I had a conversation with a doctor today, and we talked about the vaccine, and, and he gave me his thoughts on on how safe it is, um, on what it does, on how it helps, on where it could be good or could be bad, whatever the situation may be. And, uh, you know, and we left the conversation with, hey, you know, you do what's best for you. And that's what he told the doctor told me. And so you got to come to this point where we've got to be okay with true diversity. Um, when the reality is, when we say we want it to be diverse and inclusive, again, even in society, we fail to do this because we say be diverse, be inclusive, but we don't want to be diverse and inclusive in many areas. And, uh, and it's just, it's the popular thing to say. It's the popular thing to do, but it's honestly only supporting a small fraction of our country. 
And the rest of the, the, the people in our country, we go, oh, good, we're going to be inclusive now. So we're allowed to be involved. And then everybody goes, nope, nope, you're not allowed in this inclusivity party. You're not allowed in this diversity party. You're not the kind of diverse that we want. And uh, so it's just sad to see it go that route. But it's, it is a reflection of society. Uh, and the NFL is trying to match society, which is dangerous, uh, when they provide an entertainment that takes us, uh, gives us a chance to get a break from the ridiculousness of society as it stands. All right. Speaking of ridiculous, let's get on to the Cleveland Indians slash guardians in the major league baseball world. Uh, the Cleveland Indians announced today that they are, will be changing their name to the Cleveland guardians, uh, reflective of statues they have on their bridge and uh, they still keep the same uh, DNs on their name, so they don't have to change all of their jersey, just the one half of their jersey as well. Um, Dad, let's start with the name. Any thoughts uh, on on the name Guardians? Uh, what Does it do anything for you? Uh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. The, I, I, you know, I haven't heard an explanation of why they did that or what that's supposed to be. Um, of course, a lot of times with nicknames for teams, that's true, and you get used to it, and, um, you know, it, it makes sense. Guardians, um, I, I don't know if anybody's trying to make a statement here um, or what that's about. It was interesting when you see the script. It looks very much uh, the same. They'll keep the same colors. Um, I, you know, I've never heard of I've heard of a lot of sports logos. I've heard of a lot of teams and a lot of high school teams. A Guardians doesn't ring a bell at all. So. <laughs> well, sorry, XFL fans. Um, the Guardians were in the XFL this last last rendition of the XFL. Uh, there are other. There's a Japanese baseball team, I believe, that's the Guardians. There are some examples out there. Um, actually, your grandchildren's basketball team is the Guardians as well. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. So it comes from, from what I understand, at least it comes from, there are statues on the bridge in Cleveland, uh, that are guardians. And it's kind of coming from that playing off of, uh, that as well. The logo is incredibly childish. Um, that one threw me. I don't care about the name. It's what it is. I don't, it's who cares. Uh, <laughs> uh they'll keep the same C, the same colors, everything pretty much the same. Just kind of switch the name over a little bit. Uh, I think it's it's funny. It's interesting to see how they kept the the way the word ends the same as Indians. People are used to ends, uh, so so it kind of is easy for people to transition to. And again, the college I went to, they switched from Crusaders uh, to Sabers, and so uh, we used to cheer for the Saders. Now they cheer for the Sabers, and it's just it's e- it's an easy transition. And eventually, people will get used to saying Guardians at some point in time, kind of like people. Uh, got used to saying Vegas Raiders instead of Oakland Raiders, um, Los Angeles Rams instead of St. Louis Rams, uh, or any other name change of any kind. You get used to it and it'll be fine in the end, uh, from there. So we'll see. You know, it's, uh, it, hopefully it helps the team out because they need some help right now and maybe this will boost them, uh, or whatever it may be. I thought the logo was ugly, but at the end of the day, what do I care? I don't cheer for Cleveland. I could care less what their team name is. And, uh, we already shared our thoughts on the, the name Indians, uh, earlier in another episode. You can go back and see that in a different podcast episode. Dad, I want to talk quickly about the NBA finals. They ended last week. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I thought, uh, really built his legacy through these, uh, finals. 
um, and even a little bit in the Brooklyn series, but he just, he was by far the best player on the court throughout the entire NBA finals. And, uh, without him, the Bucks would not have won. There's no question about that. You can switch Giannis with Devin Booker. The Bucks still wouldn't have won. You could have switched Giannis with Chris Paul. The Bucks still wouldn't have won. Uh, Giannis was the best player and his team was going to win whichever team he was on in these finals. Um, you go back throughout history, dad, at basketball and where a series kind of defines a player's legacy, where it builds up a little bit of who that player is. What do you think this means for Giannis Antetokounmpo's legacy now in the NBA? Well, it's a big deal because everything is judged these days on championships a lot. Mm -hmm. So the fact to win a championship, you know, he's won MVPs. Uh, I think everybody recognizes he's a great talent and a great player, but not only for his team to win, but for him to lead his team, for him to be the one that, um, you know, it it took a team to do it. But like you said, um, he was the key. He was the focal point. And um, I, I think it, it it really says a lot for him. I mean, again, it'll be a little bit in the next few years. I don't know if he'll ever be as marketable as some of the big stars have been. Uh, I would assume he probably will be. But uh, talent-wise, um, he's definitely there and winning a championship. And like you said, him being the leader of the team, um, again, it, it, it speaks volumes. It's much different than if we'd been talking about them being in the finals, but not winning. Yeah. I compared him to Dirk Nowitzki in the sense that the NBA needs him because of his loyalty to his team. Um, not to say that Giannis will never go to another team, but I feel like he's the kind of player that says, Hey, I, I just drafted Bill by Milwaukee. I won a championship in Milwaukee. I want to be. Milwaukee's favorite son and right now let's face it with the Aaron Rodgers debacle there's not a person in in Wisconsin that's more loved than Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, so he's got an opportunity to really build something in Milwaukee and his legacy will only get bigger the longer he stays in Milwaukee if he ever leaves for a super team if he ever leaves for a big city whatever it may be you know it's going to diminish a little bit what he is you look at guys like Kobe He was with the Lakers, Tim Duncan with the Spurs, Dirk with the Mavs. These guys, part of their legacy was they stayed where they were and they played their whole careers there and they built things around uh, them in that city. And Giannis has the opportunity to hold that kind of stature. And let's face it, he still has plenty of opportunity to win more finals. He's only 26 years old. Um, the Bucks are going to continue to try to win, so they're not going to diminish. And the Eastern Conference just isn't that great still. There, there are some good players and some good teams, but at this point, who in the Eastern Conference do you think is way better than the Bucks? There's not a team out there. Now, trades, drafts, all that stuff is coming. So, so maybe that changes and we're going to have, uh, plan to have some guys on to talk about the NBA offseason, uh, here in the coming weeks. And talk about those things as well. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. 
Visit BlackHillsEnergy.com slash sign up to learn more. All right, Dad, I want to briefly touch on the NHL. I think you're more excited about this than than most of us. But uh, the Seattle Kraken had their expansion draft. Um, a lot of criticism came from their decision-making on who they picked. Um, the Vegas Knights and their expansion draft, they, they went all in. And uh, they made trades and they picked up certain players. And they immediately were successful. Seattle Kraken went with a completely different philosophy. And there's no expectation for the Kraken to make the playoffs here in season number one. But go ahead and give us your thoughts on Seattle, the expansion draft, and the the decisions they made. Um, It it was interesting that they went a different direction just by the fact that Vegas was so successful. Um, And not only were they successful their first year, Vegas is still one of the top teams in the league. So you would think they would follow that model um, a little bit more there in Seattle. Now, Seattle, you could tell on the broadcast, they have a rabid fan base. Um, they're, you know, they're going to be very excited. They're going to be very supportive of them. And again, you know, they, I think they have a, you know, um, good general manager, a good coach, got a lot of hockey background there in history, and they may mold a team very quickly. If they do, then they'll have young guys to do that. Of course, we have the draft tonight, you know, and I'm, I would assume, um, with the people they drafted, they have a lot of cap space as far as free agents are concerned. So they could make a couple moves still um, that would be, um, you know, shape them more in that way. But I think it surprised everybody. I didn't watch all of it, but as I was watching it, I thought, I follow hockey and I don't know a lot of these. I mean, these aren't names that jumped out. There was a couple that were. Um, where you had thought at least a couple of the big names I thought they would take. They wouldn't take all of them. That would make sense. Wouldn't be able to financially. Um, but again, um, it'll be interesting to see what their plan uh, is. And in this day and time, it's kind of dangerous to say, well, there's no expectations and we're going to build. Um, that can be done. And probably with a new fan base, there will be a little more time on that, um, but it'll be interesting to see. But in a, a world where sports leagues are copycat leagues, the NBA, as soon as the Warriors went and just shot a million threes, although that came after Phoenix and other things, but the way that that Golden State did it back in the day, um, everybody tried to go that direction. In the NFL, as the quarterbacks got more mobile, everybody went that direction. In the NHL, you have what seems to be a proven method of success for an expansion team. And the Kraken went exactly the opposite direction. Do you have any thoughts on why they did that? Um, no, I, I, I really don't. They had a lot of time to plan. So I think it was something very structured. Yeah. Um, they, they wanted to do again, maybe when they looked at the big name players that were available, um, were those some of them were guys that have not gotten along well with their teams. Some of them didn't have not blended well with other players. So I don't know when you look at it how many big name players were out there that could really provide um, leadership and go together. I think some of them could. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But some of the obvious ones I know are guys that have been a little bit of problem or wanted out where they were. Um, 
So I'm sure they looked at everybody individually well. It'd be interesting to see in the next few days, you know, as far as free agents and even tonight with the draft with trades um, of how that goes because some teams are already starting to be very active there. Yep, and there's a lot happening already. Trades going around in the NHL and uh, some names getting moved and and uh, names expected to get moved that haven't been moved yet. Uh, so maybe uh, we'll get in uh, Ryan back on the show sometime to talk about some of the offseason hockey stuff as well. All right, Dad, let's transition. On, we're going to close out the episode talking college football. Of course, we started our college football preview last, uh, well, Tuesday when we had uh, Tom Allen from the Indiana Hoosiers football program, as well as we re-previewed the entire Big Ten. Uh, We're doing this for the ACC next Tuesday at 8 p.m. We'll do it live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And, of course, we'll be available afterwards on podcast form as well. Dad, I want to start off talking about Bobby Bowden. The announcement came out this week that Bobby Bowden is terminally ill and uh, you know, I, when I think of, uh, college football coaches from my childhood, two names come to mind, Philip Fulmer and Bobby Bowden. And, uh, Florida State was a team, it was always kind of my second favorite team that I had out there and always kind of cheered for them along with Tennessee. And, uh, Bobby Bowden is known as a high character guy and, uh, someone who had a lot of success in his profession as well as being just a very, very good person. The news comes out about Bobby Bowden. Of course, he is uh, old as well. But uh, Bobby Bowden says, I'm at peace. And we know why that is. Bobby Bowden is a man of faith. He's a Christian and has always been very vocal about that as well. But, uh, Dad, uh, just general thoughts on Bobby Bowden and what he meant to college football uh, and uh, any other thoughts on him. Well, he, he definitely was a great ambassador for college football. Um, I think one of the things about Bobby Bowden was he was very consistent, um, very consistent with being upbeat, very consistent with being able to motivate his players, but very consistent in his faith. Um, when you have people talk about their faith, it's always interesting uh, after they've been around a long time or a lot of people have been around them, you know, you always expect to hear somebody maybe to come out and say, well, this wasn't quite like you thought it was. But that's not what you hear about Bobby Bowden. I know people that have had him in their church. I know people that have had him speak for their uh, functions. And everyone says the same thing about how gracious he was, uh, about how helpful he was, and about how quick he was to share what he thought was important and what was really successful in life. And I think that's why Bobby Bowden, you know, he was very successful in college football, but he had an influence on a lot of people, a lot of young people. And I, you're going to hear a lot of people um, from Florida State talk about the difference he made with them, um, not just with football. And um, that's really the legacy um, you want to live, want to leave. A lot of people can win games. Can a lot of people really help and influence people? And I think Bobby Bowden has. Yeah, I think if you remember back when Pat Summit passed away and all the things you heard, uh, people talking about her and how she invested in their lives and just the person that she was, I think Bobby Bowden fits into that same category. And I think you're right. We're going to hear a lot of stories, um, especially after he passes of, of the impact that he had on people's lives. And, uh, so prayers to Bobby Bowden 
as uh, as he finishes out uh, his time on this earth and for his family going through uh, this as well. Let's transition to Dabo Sweeney. Uh, interesting transition, right? Bobby Bowden to Dabo Sweeney. But uh, Dabo came out and said, you know, we're not for playing more games. Uh, and he said, if you're going to extend the playoffs or expand the playoffs, you need to shorten the season. Now, this is interesting. Dabo is a guy that people either hate or love. And I know a lot of people who really hate Dabo Sweeney. But uh, nonetheless, this is interesting, I think, coming out, you know, you used to hear coaches say, bring it on. Anything you got, we'll take it. Anywhere, anytime, anybody. Now we're hearing, well, if you're going to make us play more games because you know we're going to be in the playoffs every year, so we're going to make us play more games, we need to play less regular season games. I don't know, Dad. I'm kind of tired of the weak sauce attitude from all these people trying to get out of games. What's your thoughts on Dabo Sweeney's opinion of less regular season games to fit the expanded playoffs? Well, I, I think for him and his team, the way it is right now, that makes sense. Um, but it doesn't for college football and it won't for universities. The university that's not going to have three playoff games um, is not going to want, and these communities are not going to want less games less home games. Um, It's a great economic impact in a lot of these places. Um, A lot of colleges, colleges draw great. And even if a college isn't that good um, or is good occasionally, they, you know, they have fans, they draw a lot. So to say, okay, you're going to have less games. So the top dozen teams, um, you know, it works better for them. Um, That that's not really fair. Uh, in other sports, I've heard coaches say, hey, we got to be careful. We got to take care of the little schools. We got to make sure they can, um, you know, are taken care of. Uh, they're also, and I think this is, this is an attitude that's not, not doing that. Um, as far as playing a lot of games, you know, you'll get into a lot of different issues with that. Um, I think the expanded playoffs is a great idea. Um, and again, I think, you know, they've, they've expanded the regular season in college football, if I remember right, a few years ago. So maybe you could go down to 10 games or 11 games. Um, but to go, you know, go down more than that, I don't think would really work um, from there. You know, the bowl system, this idea of the expanded playoffs and using more bowls, I thought that was great, and that will help communities. Uh, a lot there. Um, but I, I think you have to look at the whole picture. And I don't think that's really what Dabo did here. Um, <laughs> you know, from, from the, from this standpoint, I do think the issue is going to come up about adding games, um, you know, even about wear and tear or whatever the case might be. But um, I, I think an expanded playoff would create a lot of excitement and would be good. But again, shortening the regular season makes that tougher too. Yeah. Um, you know, now you need six wins. Well, they are going to have that if you have eight games. Um, yeah. So we are, we, I, everything's got to be worked out and that one would have a lot of logistics. Yeah, you got to think about the schools that are no good in football. Think about the Kentuckys of the world and uh, make sure you help help uh, support them any way you possibly can. <laughs> 
I'm looking forward to our SEC preview uh, for sure. All right. Speaking of the SEC, big news came out this week. Texas and Oklahoma have apparently for the last six months been in conversation with the SEC about joining. One person reported, Bruce Feldman reported, uh, maybe it wasn't Bruce Feldman, I forget who it was, reported that the vote is going to take place and it will be 13 to 1 in favor of Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference, with the only exception being Texas A&M that would vote against it. Uh, Let's start with uh, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 to the SEC. It makes sense for the SEC. I think it makes sense for Texas and Oklahoma. Um, So let's start with the positive sides of it, I guess, before we go on the negative sides. Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, your thoughts. Um, well, like I said, it, it's good for the SEC um, in some ways. You know, like we talked a little bit the other day, um, there's some logistics that will have to change there about playoffs, about having more teams, um, about their leagues. You know, everyone's not going to be able to play everybody. But, again, that's all stuff that can be worked out and can be scheduled. There's no doubt about that. It makes sense for Texas and Oklahoma if you look at the last few years, the Big 12, that's not where you wanted to be when they were looking for teams uh, yeah. from there. And when you look at the competition, when you look at even the, you know, um, the champion of that league, um, you know, I, I they're just you looked at it and said, boy, you know, again, who did they play or whatever? Even though Texas has struggled lately, um, and of course Texas, <coughs> excuse me, brings a lot to the table. They were one of the first schools, maybe the first one to have their own TV network, um, and, yes. you know, which they still have. And um, it's definitely good for the SEC. Uh, I think in all the sports, you do have to look at that football. It'll really make quite a conference. You know, we have talked about, and we'll get to the SEC preview, all the good coaches that are there. And now yeah. you a- add in these two um like I said, I think the scheduling would be interesting. You'd have to switch it up around a lot so different teams could play different teams, I think, for the benefit. But, again, I'm sure of a TV money, being able to have these schools in the mix, uh, when you look at everybody there, um, I don't assume that the SEC is looking about dropping anyone. That would be another option, but I don't think. Sorry, Vanderbilt. I, well, there, there'd be several. I mean, if you're going to add Texas and Oklahoma, it could trump a couple of different schools probably. But all things being equal, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, yeah. It'd be very tough on the Big 12, and I know we'll talk about that situation in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's good for Texas and Oklahoma. It's good for the SEC. You know, to me, it was a big change to add 14 teams. So are you going to, how many are you going to keep adding? But we'll see. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in the days to come. Uh, I thought a great point and media day by a senior from Missouri, and I don't have his name. So I apologize. But he said, if you can't handle the horns down gesture, I figure it'll be tough to play in this league. Uh, so a little shot there at, at Texas. Uh, for sure there. And, and, uh, <laughs> it's always fun as well. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. A&M has come out very publicly and said, we are against this. We want to protect our university. The big thing would be recruiting and, and the competition there with Texas and their neighbors and everything with that. I was very surprised though. Uh, to me, it, it was a bad look for Texas A&M to come out so publicly 
against this decision. Although I've heard Texas fans tell me, uh, you just don't know A&M well enough. So maybe I do not. Let's talk about, uh, the Big 12, what this means. Bruce Feldman reported, uh, that there's a possible Big 12 Pac 12 merger where the Pac 12 would be a 20 team conference and, uh, most of the leftover Pac 12 teams could go, the Big 12 teams could go to the Pac 12 and join there. There are other options if the Big 12 stays. They're supposedly looking at adding four teams. Uh, after losing Oklahoma and Texas, they would bring in Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, and BYU to the conference. There are, of course, all kinds of options. Because at this point, if Texas and Oklahoma are jumping ship, you better believe the other universities in the Big 12 are looking for what's best for them. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what shakes down. We'll talk about this a little bit in our Big 12 preview episode uh, as well, but, uh, to see where it goes, cause it could go a number of different ways. Um, and, uh, and it, it just adds some extra excitement. I mean, you think about in the SEC, LSU versus Texas, uh, you think about adding in, like you said, the coaches that are there. You're looking at uh, Alabama versus Oklahoma, all these kinds of things. And it, it just adds a lot of excitement to an already exciting conference, what I think is the best football conference out there in the SEC. Yes, there are downsides to it. But, Dad, you mentioned, you know, well, there are some guys that could be trumped. Well, sure, they could be trumped by Texas and Oklahoma. But with the exception of Vanderbilt, it seems like every team has had some good years. And some of them have been longer than others, but nonetheless – Still around and still, uh, still swinging here and there, uh, throughout the time, uh, also. All right, dad. That's going to be it for today. Uh, the next episode will be Tuesday where we will be just breaking down the ACC and previewing the ACC's football season. Next Thursday at eight o'clock, we're going to be talking some baseball, the baseball trade deadline. Uh, we're going to have. Uh, Graham Wallace back on the program. He was with us uh, a while back. He's going to join us next Thursday uh, to talk about the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and we'll continue to cover all the other major sports events along the way. Dad, anything you want to say before we close out tonight? Uh, no. Like I said, exciting times. Football's getting closer, and um, we got a lot to cover, and, and we'll do it in the next, in the next week's. Yep, yep, definitely. Lots of things to go through with it. We are still trying to book a guest for Tuesday. We are close, but not final, and so we won't announce that uh, until that one gets finalized. Uh, there, another uh, uh, college football head coach is currently on the agenda. We'll see how that shakes out, uh, though, an ACC football coach, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you visit the links that we have provided for you for Yeti Coolers and for Skull Candy. And thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Feel free to share your thoughts on the things we discussed today. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove and join the conversation there, or you can always comment on the videos wherever you're watching live. Thank you so much for tuning in. We had a great crowd, by the way, on Tuesday. Uh, thank you for everyone that tuned in Tuesday for the Big Ten preview. And uh, the numbers are still coming in from that. So thank you so much. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.